Shut up and sit down. People are coming together more and more and more and more as the government has been failing us more and more. I'm against being shitty to people. You can't research your way into understanding somebody. One way or another, I'd rather have the fight now. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Fight for Liberty Live. Tonight, we are... Uh, going to be talking to someone you might call him the most radical podcaster in the liberty movement. Uh, but first, uh, we got to update you guys. Nug of knowledge, they're out here doing awesome stuff, selling you the best uh, quality premium uh, CBD Delta 8 THC products you can get online, legal in all 50 states ish, but definitely sell to you in all 50 states. Um, so go online to nugofknowledge.com, use promo code F4L. You'll get 10% off your first order, um, and you'll be supporting not only this show, but all the other shows on free speech media, as well as other cool people in the liberty movement that work on this project. Uh, so go on over, check them out. Um, also, tomfor52.com is the place to go to find out about Tom Queter. He's running for New York State Senate in the 52nd District. Um, at least that's where we think he'll be. Uh, they're still working on redistricting so that they can try to screw us over as much as they possibly can. Uh, but definitely go on to that website. Um, also, there's a link in the description to both his website and a donate link so you can go support an awesome, exciting campaign here in New York. Uh, but tonight, like I said, we have an awesome guest. He ran for Senate in Georgia. Now he's running for governor. He's done a whole bunch of awesome things. And you've seen him on the show before. Glad to have him back. Shane Hazel, welcome back to the show. Brother, good to be back. How are you, Mr. Fight? I'm doing well. Um, starting to like settle down. I'm staying put most likely between now and like the end of the year because just staying home for the holidays and everything. So starting to settle. Uh, how, how have you been? Long time no see. I know, man. Uh, the world's changed quite a bit. I think even since the last time we got to hang out, man, it's, uh, you know, I, I guess we could have predicted this moment, but uh, trying to stay as optimistic as I can. Uh, and, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic in this time. Uh, there's We've got a fight ahead of us. I'm not going to lie, but, you know. Um, I think, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, man, I, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about what's going on in the liberty movement and in this country. I mean, it's, there's, there's a lot of rejection of the narrative. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I was a little bit worried as to how much the, you know, the quote unquote sheeple would be the leading force. And I mean, obviously they have been to a point, but we're seeing a lot of people waking up uh, this year and last year, and it can only get worse for, or worse for the establishment uh, in that yeah. area. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they're going to try to make it worse for us in the, in the meantime, but uh, you know, we've, we've got some good fallback plans uh, this time around that uh, I don't think they've, they have an answer for brother. So yeah, all, all good. Yeah. Uh, so you do point out an interesting piece that it has been quite a while since uh, you were back on the show. That was back in May. So a lot of things have changed. Uh, but I do want to mostly I don't actually have a whole lot of questions or notes written because I mostly want to try to continue conversation that we started back in May uh, and decided that it would have derailed the entire podcast episode. So we kept talking about your Senate race instead. Uh, but we were talking about uh, the criminalization of both cannabis and other psychedelic and entheogenic medicines and uh you, you were saying that you think that that was an intentional uh kind of stopping us from being able to move forward in our evolution to where maybe by this point in time we would have evolved past the need for a government or be well on our way to being there uh and you think that this was intentional to stop us from doing that i agree and i want to hear more on that yeah, um, I'll tell you the the guy uh, Brian Maraska, I think is how you say his name. Um, the uh, uh, the immortality key. I you know like there's there's things you have to experience right in terms of psychedelics, and and that's the thing is like you know there are secondhand opinions, and then there are people who have actually gone and seen, and to to see is to understand like just how much you don't understand um but it also gives you an understanding of 
wait a second, right? Like, holy shit. Um, you know, what I was told that this stuff was uh, between and, and, and for your audience, I mean, I, I'm, I'm strictly speaking from my own experience, um, psilocybin and cannabis, the, you know, the, the different, uh, the different forms, especially of uh, cannabis out there in terms of, you know, edibles and, and, you know, high concentrate THC type stuff. The once you once you see, right, you're like, well, man, like, this isn't, anything like what they told me it was going to be the whole, you know, you know, we're on drugs, just say no, uh, dare all the, you know, all these ridiculous government indoctrination programs. You're mm. like, I didn't have any urge to do anything stupid. I really just wanted to chill out. Um, you know, um, and, and really, you know, if you do these things under care and, you know, um, especially like, you know, the way I, I had, man, I was just like, this is incredible, like incredibly <laughs> incredible in, in a way that is so spiritual that you'll never, ever forget it. And, and I think that's the thing is, you know, I was a guy that um, had kind of divorced myself from religion, uh, you know, prior to, to going down this road. Um, and because the narrative was just falling apart all around me in this world, you know, everything that I'd ever been told was just falling apart around me. I was like, oh, I'm sure a lot of this other stuff that they told me. Uh, is going to fall apart too. And it obviously did. Um, but what I found um, after doing it was a thirst for knowledge, right? Like why, you know, like why in the world or who in the world, I should say, um, was the driving force behind making psychedelics criminal? And I'll tell you, you know, thank God for the, the great horse deworming Joe Rogan, right? Um <laughs> He had uh, he had this guy Brian Morasco on, and um, a bunch of a uh, bunch of people that listen to my show. I had asked uh, for for great books, and they're like, "You got to read the Immortality Key." And uh, once I had seen uh, Brian on Joe's show, I didn't, I you know, I'd seen some clips here and there, but I really you know didn't dive into it. And the the episode doesn't do his book any justice. Um, the the book itself, man, for for anybody who's out there that hasn't seen um, or or read this book. I, I first of all, I, I I recommend you listen to it because the brain and and Brad's head is absolutely a twelve pound brain, right? And um, at any point, cut me off. But the this man is a classically trained linguist, right? So he can he can go in and out of ancient language, read it, speak mm. it. Um, you know, one, one minute you'll be listening to him talk about things in, you know, Italian dialects or Latin or Spanish or, you know, um, or even ancient Aramaic. Right. And then you'll also have him go into the Germanic type of languages. And mm -hmm. I mean, just, just fluidly as if, you know, as if it was his second nature. And I, I think it definitely was, um, he is not, uh, somebody who has ever participated and psychedelics because he wanted his research to be that of a place of fact finding and purity and not and not you know a bias so you know you go through um ancient history and in terms of how uh ancient civilizations used to get together um uh, and 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 really put together concoctions uh from you know wheat uh, a lot of times which would grow things like uh ergot which is a is a fungus and they'd go and they'd trip balls, right? And I mean, <laughs> the thing is, is it, it was, you know, a, these giant events where they would go out and they'd absolutely um, have these giant spiritual, you know, homages where, you know, they were just at one with each other. And, you know, after, you know, going through a lot of the texts, they referred to it as the glue that kept humanity together. Right. Like this is this is an amazing time. It's it's no doubt that, you know, when when you talk about, you know, advancements in civilization um, and the ability of humans to work together uh, instead of just crush each other skulls and, and fight for resources. You know, these guys took a step back and they said, hey, you know what? You know, I see those guys, as, you know, human beings over there uh, that are my equals. And maybe I should probably do some very libertarian type principles. Right. Like mm -hmm. not hurt them not use force and coercion against them, but this happened all over the place. Um, this happened uh, throughout uh, the Middle East. It happened throughout their Germanic lands. It, it happened throughout, um, you know, the, the 
the lands that um, you know are now considered you know just your Spain's and and uh, and Italy and northern horns of Africa and I mean all of these places. Um, and as he progresses through the ages and describes the different types of you know psychedelics, um, he really starts to answer the question like I I asked earlier is all right. So at what point did this become? bad right immoral or or forbidden and who did it and sure as hell um you know it gets to the church the first you know the quote-unquote first church the catholic church and he has access he has access to some very forbidden areas uh or i should say at least lockdown areas right and so uh he goes in uh with all of his um study and being a good catholic you know, for most of his life. And he just, he goes through this place with a fine tooth comb and he finds, um, the story of this saint, uh, I think it's Brandon, uh, is the name of who was persecuted, I think in the 1600s. Let's go Brandon. That's right. For, um, for putting out, um, the understanding that, Hey, no, like these ancient civilizations were definitely involved in psychedelics. And this was, you know, a passageway for, um, the the people out there to uh, to to be together and to be with what the universe couldn't explain and i was just like oh my gosh well they killed that guy right like they they killed uh this man of the church uh father brandon i think and, and don't don't quote me on his name but i think that's what his name is um and then it tells the story of you know quote unquote some witches you know and these witches uh were you know, burnt, murdered, basically, for, um, you know, taking a lot of the uh, ergot type, you know, punt and everything else that they would serve uh, to people like communion. And they were killed for it, right? Like, and this is all buried uh, within the, the, the Catholic Church, they know what happened, and they made a decision to bury it. And then you ask the question, well, why would that be? Of course, the answer <laughs> is, if you can make people come to you as the church and you can continue with the stories of, um, you know, the, the, the miraculous psychedelics, but, you know, basically neuter them, take all of the, the psychoactiveness out of them and replace them, um, with, you know, regular wine and some bread instead of a mushroom, right? Uh, what you get is a sterilized version of, spirituality that's completely run through one organization at the time for power and control mm -hmm. yeah and i think it's interesting that you know this is pre uh 1776 so and obviously pre like nixon or or any of the the people that we as libertarians are normally shitting on when we're talking about the war on drugs like this one's a little bit oh this one's terrible man like this goes all the way to the top <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> to the tippy top yeah and because if you allow other people to have access to quote unquote god then you don't get to have that like uh control over the market that monopoly on uh deity the way that the catholic church did i mean then that's one of the reasons why the reformation happened and why protestantism came around because that's part of what they were fighting but i i feel like what we're talking about here is like they didn't fight it quite hard enough because they didn't realize quite what they were fighting uh they got back that personal relationship with god part but not how to maybe get that relationship started yeah, and, and I think uh, Brian did a really good job of pointing out that, you know, um, and, and it was probably uh, Paul Stamets, I think, who wrote the forward on this, um, who is probably one of the, the, the leading minds within, you know, the, the psychedelic circles, right? And, um, so at, at any rate, um, when, when he talked about, you know, this, he said, you know, spirituality is not something you just hear about and do it's it's you know people can talk about it who have never done it and will never get it it's it's one of those things that takes a life lesson and and really uh you know a a a walk down that path and you know it can be it could be a little one or it could be something that you devote your life to uh in in controlled ways as well and there's you know obviously a continuum there but um 
Yeah, it's it's absolutely one of those things that if you know people are looking for a, a closer relationship uh, with the, the the mysteries of the universe, right? Like to to go and know instead of hearing and and quote unquote believing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it's something that is so powerful um, that yeah, they they couldn't leave it to chance, man. They had to start throwing people in cages and raiding their homes and killing them for you know plants and fungus. Which who knows, man? Maybe it's an alien species that you know alien technology that was meant for us to help develop. I don't know, but I'll tell you right <laughs> now, like that's the beautiful thing about I think a lot of those psychedelic things is you are comfortable with not knowing the answers you're you're quite comfortable with going wow it's so complex and so beautiful and so uh you know such a revelation for the mind it, it's it's not one of those things that you have to have an answer to you just go mm-hmm. cool man like this is this is something unique and it's personal and it's also a shared experience depending on you know who you're with who you're around or who's who else is you know uh, you know i for lack of a better term a a seer you know like somebody who's who's Mm. been there and then who's done those kind of things yeah i like i like how you said you know that you it gives you that comfortability with not knowing i think one of the the coolest mindsets that i came to after or noticed after probably uh, at least a half a dozen times tripping or so there was a a time where I was like you know I was coming down and you know I was kind of like thinking back over some of all the weird tangents my brain had gone off on Um, and I was I was tripping with uh, one of my or two of my good friends who are both like really deep philosophical anarchists as well so you know all sorts of stuff and I, I came back across a, like a big question and it, that had never gotten answered. And I was just like, well, I guess I'll figure that out in the next trip and just kind of like moved on. And then I thought back on it. And I was like, normal me, like the typical me, the me that's not on some sort of psychedelics would never be able to just move on past a question that freaking quickly. Like, just like, oh, guess I'll figure that out in a month or so. Like, who cares? Yeah, um, it, it's that it quiet that patience, freedom. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like, oh no, it's it, it's gonna be there. Like it's gonna be like the answer that you're seeking is gonna be there when the time is right too. Like there's this tr- like I, I always had I think this this understanding of faith. Like when times are bad, you just have to kind of sit back into it, take a deep breath, and trust and or know that it's gonna be okay. Um, you know, and, and and you can exercise that muscle long enough, um, you know, and to it, I would say it's a very healthy degree as well. But once you've seen and then you are like, oh, yeah, no, everything is going to be fine. Like we're, you know, I, I hate to say, say it, but, you know, like in, in terms of our existence uh, on this plane or dimension or whatever it is you just sit there and go this is so insignificant to mm-hmm. you know everything else the answers are out there and I, i'm i'm sure that when you know my my ego or whatever it is can handle the the answers is probably when they'll be presented right and and not before and and that's okay yeah uh and i think psychedelics also taught me the the lesson of like letting go because you you kind of have to learn it if you're going to trip correctly right if uh so i can't I def- it. yeah i i got into all ev- almost all of the substances that i've ever used except for psychedelics i got into during like my late teens early 20s in like party scenes where you know the goal is who like at a frat party the real competition that no one's talking about is who can have the most alcohol and look the soberest. <laughs> right. That's like, like no one wants to be the drunk asshole, but no one wants to be the pussy that said no to their 27th drink. So you're, you're always trying to walk that line. And I found myself doing the same thing a lot with cannabis. It's like, you know, Oh yeah. I never say no to weed, like never tap out. Like if someone passes you the blunt, you always hit it. Uh, but, you know, trying to still be kind of sober minded, know what's going on, not be stopped at a stop sign waiting for it to turn green. Right. Uh, 
with psychedelics, you cannot go into it with that kind of a mindset. If you're trying to pretend you're sober and you're not tripping, you'll have a really bad time. And I had never even tried to exercise that muscle of the the like, let go, let it happen. Just, you know, your eyes are going to do trippy things. You don't know what's reality and what's not. Deal with it for eight hours. Uh, that kind of a mindset was not something I've ever even tested, let alone experienced. But now I'm sorry, without, <laughs> without psychedelics, um, you know, I've, I've gotten better at that kind of a mindset when, when sober just thanks to the use of psychedelics and being able to exercise that muscle while tripping. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the let go, right? Like the, the, that let go muscle is, it, it's counterintuitive to, I think human nature in general, especially, um, in, in the culture and the indoctrination that we were brought up in, especially here in the United States, right. It's like, mm -hmm. you've got to be in control of your facilities at all time. Um, this is, I think this is such a, I don't know, a tired, um, see through, especially once, once you've done, um, you know, once you've seen is when, when you do let go, especially, and I, and I definitely, you know, I recommend doing this with somebody who is experienced, who can guide you, who's responsible. And, you know, for me, man, it's like, go to a good place, a quiet place, something that's natural to you where you're very comfortable. And, you know, the, the outdoors isn't going to be comfortable for everybody sitting in the wood, in the middle of the woods in, you know, different places might not even be a smart thing, depending on, you know, what kind of wildlife you got there. Like, don't mm -hmm. go out to Alaska in the spring and, and sit there and, and eat mushrooms, right? Like, you know, the, <laughs> there are hungry ass bears out there. But you know, up here in places like North Georgia or Appalachia stand, right? Like there's, there's very few things out there in the woods that want to even uh, approach a man who's, you mm -hmm. know, sitting in the woods or something like that. But if you're not comfortable in that space and you're more comfortable in say an urban setting or in, in an apartment, you know, whatever it is that gives you comfort, the, the best thing is, is to learn, you know, at, at small doses, right, is to mm -hmm. to go in um, with intention and to understand that, hey, listen, it's okay to let go. This is what you're going to do. And really, that's, I think, the coolest part, right, is like when you figure out you're going to do some work and you're like you're going to do some work on you. I don't think most people um, are ready to do work on themselves, right? You're not ready to be wrong. You're not ready to be made a fool. You're not ready to be um, scared of some of your past or, or some of your ideas or some of your thoughts. And if you're not ready to, to kind of take those things on, right? The, the, the things in your soul and the back of your brain, I definitely don't recommend um, <laughs> psychedelics, right? Like, but if right. you are right, if you're, if you're going to try to have um, a real conversation with yourself. Uh, these are, this is an excellent tool for doing such a thing. And the, the thing is, is as you work through the continuum, um, as you continue to, uh, approach these, you know, th these things in, in your, in your mind and your, in your soul and those kind of things, or maybe even your body, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to do more and more type of work and your ability to calm yourself and breathe through these things and stay comfortable, um, is going to pay such dividends too, right? Like, I, I think this is, I think this is one of those things, especially when you look back at history, um, amongst, you know, some, some of the, the warrior class, right? This is something that those guys did extremely well. And we obviously in this world, we, we've, we perverted everything and the warrior class was one of these, you know, classes of people that weren't scared to go in and take a different type of inward journey. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, a lot of that stuff is, 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 I don't know, front and center in my mind these days for sure. Yeah. That's not only been taken out, but almost shut down in our quote unquote warrior class. Now, you know, you're not supposed to feel feelings or think things. Uh, that's not, it's not suggested, uh, if you're trying to go into the United States military, um, but yeah, you, yeah, there's a reason alcohol is prevalent and it's not psychedelics. Right. Uh, but you mentioned, uh, like the lack of fear and kind of being able to be more vulnerable with yourself. And I, I think that's one of the key things that I've 
gotten to experience with psychedelics. And one of the things, you know, I think it's important to kind of mix up once you're comfortable. You know, you said like find find a place where you're where you're comfortable, especially if you're going to do it for the first time. Find, you know, some people that know what they're doing. Find a place where you'll feel safe. Uh, but I've found that, you know, exploring a little bit and doing a little bit more now that I've tripped, I'm not not a whole lot, but, you know, I'm probably in the, like the low 20s, somewhere like that, where, you know, I feel comfortable. Uh, it's been an interesting couple of years. Uh, it's been. Yeah, for, well, I did it uh, almost every other weekend for about two and a half months straight. So that racked up my numbers pretty well. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have very much enjoyed like a couple of times uh, wandering around New York City or, um, you know, uh, I tripped. I'll, I did the most mushrooms I've ever done at the uh, LP Michigan convention. Um, I got so I got a, I was a little I got a little bit of mushrooms and then I got quite stoned. And then we were having an after party and a uh, great guy, Ben Boren, he just uh, he just had some stuff and he just had a bag and it was like for the room for the party. And so like he got annoyed that I kept asking him for more. And he was like, dude, just like handed me the bag. He was like, dude, just have however much you want. Just fucking just like it's for the room. And so I was just sitting there on the bed. I was talking to Spike, um, Caitlin Cloven, uh, Ben, a couple other people from the Michigan LP. Uh, their newly elected chair, uh, Tim Yao. And I was just popping them because I was stoned and I was a little bit hungry. And I was just like, I got munchies with mushrooms in my hand. How, how, how many how many grams do you think? I really lost count, but I, I would say I probably had at least a dozen stems and caps somewhere around there. It was because it was a good like 10 minutes. I was just kind of sitting there like every every minute or so, just like popping another. It was... Spike was like leaning over, like, is he? Is, does he know what he's doing? Like, is he okay? Should we stop him? <laughs> yeah, who's 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 watching our our man David tonight? Right, right. Like, just just in the, case. The thing is, the bag was like it was. It, I still didn't even make a dent in the bag. Like people still went home with stuff, so I don't feel bad. Uh, but it was a good time. Uh, some of the best visuals I've ever experienced. Um, but yeah, the. Um, just that kind of freedom to be yourself and be a little bit more open and a little bit more vulnerable first with yourself and then with other people then allows you to be more okay with people being vulnerable with you and being a little bit more open understanding and accepting of other people and it's kind of this like great trajectory uh all around helpful thing that you learn yeah that's i mean i think that's where um the the second part of that comes from right is the the glue of humanity is you know somebody who's experienced you know within themselves now right and they know what to expect depending on dosage um i don't i don't recommend you know high dosages of mushrooms don't do what i did <laughs> yeah be it be still somewhere um and i think that's i think that's one of the things maybe we should talk about too as, as re responsible um adults right is like hey listen you know if you're getting into higher dosage or something and um i would definitely say respect what you're doing um you know this this communion of sorts is it's one of those things that need like it it, it commands and and demands respect you know it's the last thing you want to do is go out there uh and have a bad experience right and um and then be possibly a bad ambassador like it, it demands quiet and it demands a, a re like a, a reset and a rest of you know the the body and the mind and the soul and, and all of those things um in 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 order for you to i think maximize that experience um it, it demands a, a quiet and a peace a lot of times to do the, the best work so i mean yeah i don't know maybe if you're low dose whatever you know taking in some visuals cool you know i, I understand that kind of stuff as well but mm -hmm. um for the heavy stuff I, I think the other way but like you were saying the um this, the secondary piece of that is where you are able to have other people around and communicate with them on on a very different plane, different different level. Um, some would say a different dimension, and you're just like, yeah, you know, like I don't know who this person is. I really don't care, you know. Like I, I see them, right? They mm -hmm. see me, I see them, and you know, in in that time and space, like that's that's the I think 
we we miss a lot of the simple things with all of the noise today right is like we don't just see people for who they are which means we're not as willing to um provide charity to you know to to provide help uh to be selfless th- things of, of that those you know natures and and mm-hmm. that's why i think you know this is one of those things that is just so damn important is because i mean if especially as you know people who are into you know peace and consent and liberty you know like and, and obviously charity you know this is our key this is one of our tools in terms of helping other people see other people and not being so damn judgy um mm-hmm. as as we have become as a species in in 2021 yeah for sure and one thing that i think is always important to point out when talking about psychedelics is that uh, they're not always necessary to achieve a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. You know, there are other other ways to get there. And so I'm not pushing drugs on people and saying that you you have to do psychedelics or else you'll never be the best person that you can be. Uh, that's not true. Um, and actually, one thing that has made me um, uh, that definitely triggered something in my brain of gaining a lot more respect for spike is because normally it's difficult for me to have like really lengthy conversations and like in-depth conversations with a sober person when I'm tripping. Uh, and it's, and it's hard for them to kind of match the vibe and like slow down a little bit and get deep and have that like deep intellectual conversation. But spike was matching us that entire room completely sober. No, because he is sober. So like no weed, no alcohol, no mushrooms. Uh, All of us were fucked up. And he was like completely matching the vibe and able to go as deep with the rest of us. And that's something that you just don't encounter all that often. No, uh, and I'll tell you what, he he is a very gifted um, person, just in general. I mean, if you've ever been around Spike, mm-hmm. um, he's, he's a great guy to be around. He's got a great energy. Um, and he's he's obviously just naturally at at peace. Um, and you know, I, I, you're right. You like that's that's not a, a common um, a common place these days. I think you probably find it in our circles a lot more than you find it in a lot of other circles. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for sure, there's something special about that guy, and and really about the group of people that can kind of get together and be like, oh, you know what. I don't care what you're doing or what you're not doing, right? And you're right. cool. I'm cool. Um, you know, we can be cool, kind of, kind of deal. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, that. I mean, the LP can or the LP Michigan convention, great time, great place, amazing people. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't know, speaks speaks to my homeland, David. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> good times. Yeah. Uh, so that. Which also kind of leads into the the other main thing I wanted to talk about was uh, I feel like the growth that I've achieved in my own mind, like mindset over the last, let's say, year and a half to almost two years now um, has greatly increased my understanding for libertarian values and like anarchy as a philosophy. Uh and so I think that there's there's a really uh, important aspect of like freeing yourself first before you can free other people. And I was wondering if you had similar thoughts or had um, anything to add to that. Yeah, um, I will tell you. You know, uh, when when this opened my mind, right? Um, it began with questions. You know, I had, I think, I had more questions than answers um, <laughs> every time. Which, um, you know, being inquisitive to where you'll work at finding answers is what grows. Obviously, the, those little wrinkles in your brain. Um, you know, and sometimes leads you to new, new questions or new answers. But, you know, it it did something for me as well. I mean, besides just, I mean, the creativity, um, I mean, just like a, a, a tsunami, right? Like the, the, what you wanted to get out to share with the world that was going on where you were no longer afraid of it, right? Like that barrier of being afraid of what other people thought, like, 
you know, that's not a thing anymore. Like, I don't care. It's not that you're like, it's not that your opinions don't have some weight. Like you obviously, um, you know, you're a human being. And so you're relevant, but in terms of getting inside my OODA loop, my, you know, between my ears, um, man, I'm that's, that's sacred space now. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, what I'm putting out there, you don't have to pick it up. You can pick it up. You can criticize us all you want. But to to break that barrier down to where you just don't give a shit anymore um, for the right reasons uh, mm-hmm. and you're not afraid to share what's in your, your mind and your soul, like those type of things, I think, are not only freeing, but in terms of the the creative path, the the sharing of something that you will work tire, tirelessly at over and over and over and over right? You know, you'll start a podcast, you'll start running for an office to share ideas, not with the bent of, you know, six being successful in power, but Mm -hmm. in terms of sharing your experience with other people, um, and and your ideas with other people, which I think is really what is, you know, so amazing. I mean, Ron Paul, not that I think that Ron Paul ever did psychedelics. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. He, he kind of was, a, a man in the 60s. I want to trip mushrooms with Ron Paul. That is now going what? on the bucket list. <laughs> That'd be great, wouldn't it? Or, or I mean, just just have a big fat J with him or some edibles. But what whatever the case is, right? But he's like he said, you know, when a when an idea's time has come, it can't be stopped by any person, any government, any army. And that's the power of the ideas that we're putting out there, right? Like th- these ideas are powerful because they cannot be stopped. And I think uh, like to relate to our, our earlier converse, our conversation is, I think that's one of the reasons why they are absolutely forbidden and you can get caged and killed for touching plants and fungus, right? Like, or, mm-hmm. or taking them. But this, it, it's that power comes from being naturally truthful. And when it's naturally, you know, natural truth is a fire because it just absolutely keeps people um, who can't approach that truth at bay. And if it keeps it at bay, you know, because they can't stand in that fire, man, that's something that they will try to ignore as long as they can uh, out there. And it's something that gives you an amazing projection of, you know, such ideas. So I want to call back to a specific phrase that you said in that answer, because you said uh, people who don't give a shit for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you can clarify that a little bit. So you don't give a shit for the right reasons. Um, how do I clarify? You know, like, I, I think you have to come to peace in this world with you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Right. And that's OK. Like you shouldn't be everybody's cup of tea. We all come from very different places. Uh, This gets down to individuality, right? Um, So if you're not for everybody, well, that just means everybody's not for you either. But I'm cool with that because as long as it's like, you know, it's cliche to say it, but it's true. It's like, man, you're not hurting people. You're not taking people's stuff. I don't give a shit what you do, man. Like, you can right. you can lick cats asses for all I give a damn. Not my not my thing, right? But like if that's your if that's your deal, I don't care. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, cat, I like it or not. I don't, if it's if it's animal <laughs> abuse, I don't know. But like that's I, I think that <laughs> that point where you get to that you know like you're just you're just that person that is unfazed. You know, and I'm not saying the out, outer world doesn't take its toll, um, depending on where you're at. And, but it, it, there is this, um, there is this place that you get very comfortable with being that I think scares the shit out of people um, who aren't who aren't seers, who don't know, and who haven't been able to let go. Right? Like that's that's where you know we were talking earlier is is, is the ability to let go is you learn to translate that into your normal everyday life. It's, it's, it's very stoic, right? It's, 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 you know, kind of the foundation of stoicism is change what you can, you know, it's, it's okay to dream and it's okay to act on dreams and all those kind of things. But at the end of the day, like if you're going to be mad about dumb shit that you have absolutely zero power to change right then and there, 
why, right? Like mm-hmm. life's, life's too damn short for, for that kind of thing. So I think that's, you know, you know, where the, you know, zero fucks comes from in, in terms of what other people think. I take it. Uh, one of the main realizations I remember coming to this year on a mushroom trip um and i actually thankfully i have like an 11 minute recording of myself talking to myself from this trip which i just re-listened to for the first time like two or three weeks ago uh but it was it was probably like a six month at least build up to this realization where i had been building up this uh, dichotomy in my mind of like the put together charismatic leader that like uh, you know, has things planned out, knows what the fuck is going on, you know, all of that stuff. And then the kind of like calm, uh, go with the flow personality, you know, maybe like a Ram Das style, just like chill. And uh, actually, I had a, a really great conversation with a close friend of mine, and we were talking about personality types, and she was going through uh, a breakout that I'd never heard of before. Um, Uh, with the personality types it was like numbers and she uh pointed me out as the one that was characteristically like flaky unreliable um and like all of these things that i have i am sometimes but i like really really actively had been trying for years to like be more of that put together person and specifically in my friendship with her i had really tried to not let any of that part of it through uh, you know, I've been reliable and, um, but then later on, uh, she starts reading off like people who are these personality types. And one of them was Ram Das, And she was like, just because they have this personality type has a tendency to do these negative things. Doesn't mean, uh, like you definitely are flaky and unreliable. It just means that you're more tend like you have more of a likelihood of going that way. And it kind of like broke down a lot of that dichotomy. And then I was struggling with that and did a mushroom trip like maybe two weeks later and kind of came to a real realization that it's not a necessary dichotomy. Uh, and I think that plays into a little bit of what we're talking about here of like that that go with the flow mentality doesn't necessarily mean that you can't have your shit together. That's <laughs> <laughs> is my is my point. Like, like as a party, we don't have to be so um like, oh yeah, you do you, man, that we don't run a successful party. Like as a candidate, you don't have to be so easygoing that you can't like demand things of your volunteers and your staff. Like you can still work that and you know, maybe you're not the most go with the flow kind of person anyway. You still have those libertarian ideals, but you're still really structured. You have a great place as a campaign manager or something like that because most of the candidates suck at that shit <laughs> yeah well, i mean and think about where we're trying to go too though you know and and maybe this is a, a two-point factor in terms of you know we as libertarians are trying to 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 remove this metastasized metastasized cancer that is the state from our lives right and so you know for one when we're successful what we're going to see is what we're seeing now. We're going to see a collapse. We're going to see um, this distrust in institutions and centralization and authority and people that hurt people and cage people and kill people. Like we're we're seeing all of this. I mean, and I I don't think I don't think as libertarians we we take enough pause to see you know this you know this time you know which has been hard because change is hard for humans it's naturally hard um we're very you know we're very stick to a type of creatures right so you know i'd like i'd like for people to sit there and take a little bit of homage you know a little bit of umbrage and say you know like listen we are seeing a an empire collapse right now and it's not because you know the the state isn't doing what it has always done. Jesus Christ, it's doing everything that it's always done and, and then some, right? Like they, they're, they, they're the most well-funded empire that the world's ever seen. They're doing everything that they possibly can this time around to stop this damn thing from crumbling to, to keep their power. And every day you just see more and more and more distrust. I mean, 
Donald Trump was absolutely hated. Joe Biden is hated. The difference is, is, you know, a lot of times the, the press is covering for, you know, guys in, you know, the, the quote unquote Democratic Party versus where you've got 80 to 90 percent negative type of news for, you know, guys in the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. The, the, the bottom line is, is like, great. You know, either way, their their numbers are at rock bottom. And at the end of the day, if, if we're successful, what we're looking at is these guys don't exist or they have no power either way. Like we're successful. And we, I think a lot of people in the libertarian party still see success as power. I think they still see success as having seats of power. And I mean, I, I don't see it that way. I see it as use their, their own silly system to gain as much traction for the ideas of, you know, liberty as possible. And as, if we're doing our damn jobs in those in those arenas, well all you're going to see is more and more of what we're seeing now. You're going to see this this absolute catastrophe of an empire implode amongst itself and I mean, look around people, like you're doing it. Like we're doing this. We we don't have to be, you know, great at running campaigns. We just have to get out in front of people plant seeds and let those people go go on and and you know dig scratch you know inquire and and teach themselves because let's face it most of us that's how we did it right like mm-hmm. you didn't become an, an, an you know a, a, an anarchist or an anarcho-capitalist overnight you, right. you 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 it came with like lots of really really long hours of of you know of reading of listening of study of of scratching at itches and answering questions you know and to get back to kind of the psilocybin side or the the psychedelic side a lot of that is spurred by opening your mind opening your mind to maybe other people's ideas other people's culture other people's thoughts and ideas i mean if you can open your mind and try to see perspectives where you're not trying to win conversations, you're trying to learn from conversations. Man, we are we are so f- much further down the road. I think libertarians need to start looking at, okay, well, when we finally get there, which you know, I think we're going to see it in the very near future is like, all right, now what? Right? Like now what? <laughs> right? Yeah. What are we what are we planning for in that time space in time and space? Um lots of psilocybin I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like how how do how do now how do we perpetuate a culture? How do we perpetuate this glue that is humanity? And I, I'm telling you, I've I've got some ideas. I really like I I I in the next I don't know probably six months, I have some gigantic ideas about this kind of stuff. And I mean, I can't wait. Like I'm I'm I am so excited about what our opportunity is right now. Well, I'll definitely have to have you on for a part three. Uh, but I I really appreciate the point that you were making there about like homage to the time that we're in and the opportunity that we have. And the, you know, you said earlier how like insignificant of a blimp we are on the on the timeline. You know, there's been plenty of empire collapses along the history of the US. You know, a bunch of people have been in places during exciting times, but we're we're in one of those really uh, exciting times. And I think really interestingly, like my generation, we grew up on uh, movies and books like like Harry Potter, Percy Jackson, uh, Star Wars uh, is for my generation, plus the one before mine. Uh, and so we grew up on these like, you know, the youth and the rebels, like uh, overcoming the evil, like control state whether it's the church or the state or the just the bad teachers whatever thing it is like we especially these last two generations were raised on that and i think there's a really interesting correlation there that kind of speaks to this whole conversation where in in all of those series uh especially like star wars or harry potter or percy jackson uh the the heroes always do something that the good the other good guys think is bad at the beginning uh, you know, like Luke gets laughed at for trying to be a Jedi. Uh, 
you know, when they start doing like Dumbledore's army and Harry Potter, they're researching a whole bunch of magic that the school would never allow them to be taught. Like they're always step outside of the bounds of normalcy to actually finally overcome the big bad guy. And I would say that entheogenic medicine is kind of that for us. Like we're seeing it a lot with weed. We're now seeing it with stuff like especially psilocybin and MDMA have gotten, I think, the most study and the most like significant uh, ketamine is kind of coming up there. There's been a lot of studies there. Like we're really seeing how we can step outside of these mental blocks that we've had for centuries. And we kind of have that special kind of magic or the force, if you will. Think, I mean, think about all these uh, convergences, right? And and that's really what you're looking at. I mean, I think you I think you nailed a lot of the pop culture stuff for us. I mean, we were the the you know, even my generation. I mean, I know I'm uh, probably about a decade older at least, but it's it's one of those things where you know, growing up it was He Man and GI Joe and Transformers. You know, as as cartoons and you know, now that I've got kids and, you know, we've adopted all the comic stuff from, you know, the pages of the comics into, you know, the actual on screen type of stuff. Like you're right. And especially the Harry Potter, like no doubt about it. Like you, you make a tremendous point in terms of when, when these things start to make sense to others, that's where, you know, that bell curve comes from along, right? You've got, you've got your pioneers, you got your early adopters, and then comes the crowd. Um, and I think we're actually on that uptick right now. And, and you know, to anybody and everybody that ever fought for the, uh, you know, the, the rights of people to consume and enjoy, uh, to take, you know, these these deep spiritual awakenings with cannabis and psilocybin in this nation, um, my my turtle gratitude to each and every one. Um, that has um, stayed the course and fought for those things. And I don't think it's any um, any coincidence that as these things have become more prevalent in our society, we've also come to this point where more and more people are questioning the society, at least the, the power, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this masquerading Wizard of Oz that's behind the curtain, right? So, um, yeah, man, I, I am, I, I think the, the, the one thing, that you hit on that I think we should maybe talk even more about is, you know, you got to stop asking permission. You know, that's the thing is with, Mm. with people who are the heroes in all these stories, you know, they were doing things that were considered illegal or wrong or outlawed or any of those type of things. And you look back at history, I mean, that's really, you know, the people who done the, the great you know, the great things, the great accomplishments for freedom. Not only did they, you know, not ask for permission, they basically gave the middle finger to the authority and said, come stop me. I dare you. Right. Like you're that's, and that's our power, man. Like that's, that's our, that's our damn superpower. If we've got one is the ability to, to communicate this clearly to people um, and, and, and take, all the take a lot of risk right because i mean let's face it if we don't there's not gonna be any reward for us we're just gonna you know bend a knee and then get on the 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 train and get in the the ovens and you know whatever right it's like no man like this is not going to happen to another generation if if i have anything to do with it no like Mm -hmm. we're gonna do things differently and we're gonna do things peacefully and we're gonna do things that are going to change society for the better without asking permission anymore hell yeah uh yeah and to to land this plane with a back to the harry potter reference and a little bit of a call to action i think you know uh to what i was saying like a lot of us grew up reading these books and and getting excited and like you know i i can't tell you how many times i've had the exact thought reading one of those books of like i wish i lived in x universe or an x time period i also was a big fan of like world war ii uh kind of like semi-fictional books uh growing up sure so so i was like oh if only i lived there and could like be a war hero blah 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 blah. um very very quickly grew out of that one thank god (laughs) Um, (laughs) smarter than i was that's for sure uh well i wouldn't say quickly it was probably like 16 uh it was i was close i um, think i was like 24 so you nailed it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but 
so and I think a lot of people grew up with those similar mentalities of like, I wish I was in this situation and I could be part of Dumbledore's army. Uh, but what we're finding is that most people wouldn't join Dumbledore's army. They might not join like Umbridge's little Inquisitor's Club, whatever. You know, maybe they're not ratting on their friends about like not having their masks on or whatever. But they're they're not joining the group that's learning the the important stuff to fight the important fight. They're just kind of sitting around and they're chilling out. And I and I, when I'm saying that, I I don't think the Libertarian Party is Dumbledore's army in this in this narrative that I'm saying. There are a lot of people who are dues paying members and have been for a long time that are not in to that level uh, where they're actually like really trying to fight the fight. And you know, a lot of a lot of people are still kind of paying homage to the the system as it is. Like you said, you know, they're still trying to just get that power and they're not trying to actually change the world. And we need more people trying to change the world. I agree wholeheartedly, man. Um, I think I, 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 mean, I want to share a little bit. I mean, I know we've got a little bit of time here. Um, you know, I've got some plans, especially I, I hit on uh, some post-traumatic stress in my my show this week. Um, as as I had experienced uh, from my days in the Marine Corps and all that kind of stuff and um, kind of around the whole Rittenhouse um, trial and not to, to bring any of that into it. But what I would love to do is take a bunch of people who have had, you know, post-traumatic stress and, and, you know, if they're inclined to go down these paths is introduce them show them you know take them out um especially the especially the warriors and then the thing is is you know like i said you don't have to have had you know military experience like to be a a warrior right there are a lot of people who escaped you know that life uh because they they knew better than to go join the military a lot of us uh are are you know had to go and see it firsthand to, to have that realization but to take these people um, and show them a different type of spirituality that they were, you know, ever told to have them, you know, come together and now, uh, you know, be that, that Dumbledore army, right. To, so to speak, right. This, these people mm -hmm. that would, um, do anything and draw a line in the sand, hoping, demanding for, you know, the ideas of peace to be recognized amongst people, um, I think that can have, I think that's going to have a, a just this giant effect. And I, and I don't think it's going to be, you know, I, I know there are already places where this is going on. I know it's not going on around me yet. Um, mm -hmm. But here in Appalachia stand, man, that's one of the things that I want to start leading. And it's one of those things that I want to decentralize to the point where this is going on in, you know, homes and um, wild areas all around, you know, this you know, this planet, you know, to, to, for lack of a, you know, bigger dreams, just to start here, to be able to do that, to take people, um, and show them the ways to where people just continue to introduce more and more people, uh, to these, th this very loving system of ideas and charity. And, and man, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but God almighty, I mean, it looks like we've got a heck of a ramp up right now, uh, to kind of, affect a lot of that change and if we can shove it into overdrive by taking action stop asking permission and just say no we're gonna do this and we're peaceful and if you screw around with us uh, you're the bad guy obviously mm -hmm. hell yeah shane thanks so much for coming on this was great uh i the show like the, this episode could have broken tradition from the show it's normally a lot more uh tangible and actionable you know like uh how to how to start a pack how to how to do graphic design kind of stuff but i think that this episode i was really i'm really glad i think it still stayed on brand like this was all like really tangible actionable like advice on how to how to live a better life and to promote freedom and liberty uh before we wrap up i definitely want to give you a chance to uh shout out how people can follow you how people can get involved with all the things that you're working on watch your show uh pitch everything that you're doing david uh first and foremost man humbled uh to hang out with you again man thanks for having me on and to talk about something to give it you know to give me a platform uh, to talk about something that a lot of people would be scared to talk about on their show, man. That's I, I think it's uh, I think it's takes a lot of courage. So um, from the bottom of my heart, thanks for having me on. Um, 
anybody can find me at uh, all the links and everything that I'm doing at radicalpod.com. Um, one of the big things I'm working on right now is the Helios initiative um, to further uh, decentralize and localize and nullify all the nonsense that's come into your local areas through the mayors uh, and through your sheriffs. So um, we had our first win down here in um, in Holly Springs in, in my county uh, where we nullified uh, civil asset forfeiture. So we've got a working model. That tab, if anybody's interested, it has uh, four proclamations up. You can basically copy, paste, and go down and demand it of your sheriffs and mayors and not wait on the judicial and not wait on the uh, the legislator to change things, take action, and stop asking permission. So uh, thanks again, David, for having me on, bud. My pleasure. Uh, definitely have to have you back on for part three sometime. Uh, guys, thanks so much for watching. Uh, if you haven't already, like this video, share it, uh, go to RadicalPod.com and follow and or subscribe however it works on whichever social media platform. Literally everything for Shane uh, and watch all of his stuff. He's amazing. Uh, we'll be back here next week with Matt Wright. Uh, later this week on Free Speech Media, we'll be having a re-airing of Libertarians launching platforms with Jess Mears. So check that out. Um, thanks again for watching. And until next time, keep up the fight.